Fabulous. So fun to sing together, and I could just keep singing, but we turn now to the Word of God, and what we've been doing the last two weeks, and we're finishing this week, is we're doing something really critical to me in terms of what it means to be a Christian. We call it, I've been calling it distinctions because, because distinctions bring understanding. And so we looked together, if you go back a couple of weeks, we looked at, at, at repentance and this really radical, hard to believe idea that repentance isn't cleaning up your sin and promising not to do it. Repentance is a turn away from self-salvation to Jesus Christ. It's a radical idea that Jesus really did pay it all for us that we believe it, that that's the ground of our faith. And so changing our mind about our relationship with God, and, and that's why repent and believe are so closely linked together, you know, that repenting and believing are essentially very closely related because trusting Jesus is belief and trusting what he's done for us. So this huge change from being sin-free or sort of sin-minimizing in my behavior, which orients me on me, to actually receiving forgiveness. And so then we talked about forgiveness last week. The wonder of forgiveness given, the depth of that for you and me, and why I'm a Christian is because I've received forgiveness from Christ. And it starts to affect how I see everybody, you, I want to give you forgiveness. I want you to taste it. It's so sweet not to impose my justice, but to give you forgiveness. So we looked at that last week and what God's done, and he's gone out of the accounting business. His book is a book of life, a book of giving mercy to those who don't deserve it. That's me. That's you. Only comes through his son. So Jesus our sure hope and we're forgiven people, not sinless people. We forgive because this is the actual hope we have. And I'll tell you what, why we need to do this is that the world is constantly chipping away at this for you and the flesh and the devil, but particularly our world, right? The world doesn't get this news. It's all about achievement. I mean, watch Sunday sports, Watch 10 Steps to Get to Better Parenting, Four Habits of Successful People. Take a scroll through Facebook or Instagram. Right? It's about, even those who say they're checking out of that stuff, you know, like it becomes the point of pride to say, I'm not doing it. Look at me, I'm doing something good. Even in the church, you know, we, we like achievers, we don't call them Pharisees, more than we like broken tax collectors. Luke 18, right? So here's the deal. Do you trust the gospel is true? The, the, we hold up this book because it's the message of the gospel. It's the message of Jesus, and I think it's true. But if it's true, and it is, it's the distinction of the Christian life. Daily living as a Christian versus daily living as sort of a pseudo-Christian achiever. The actual hope for you and me, it means walking in the truth of the Bible. And many of us, me included at times, we skip this area. It's like, we, yes, yes, I believe in Jesus. But then I go on acting the same ways and don't even think about this very essential action that we now take as Christians. What's the action, Swanson? Confession and absolution together. Wait a minute. That sounds Catholic. 
stop. Yeah, no, I know. And because we're afraid of Catholicism in some way, we're afraid of how that's been twisted and used. I don't mean it like the Roman Catholic Church. I mean it like the Bible. I want you to know, are you doing this? Is it something that hits your heart? Is it something you walk in because repentance and forgiveness are real? It starts to impact me. I want you to have these practical daily living tools. It's not wrong to want some practical daily living tools. And for the Christian, these are them. And you might not even ever use them. Confession and absolution. What is it? What are these things? So repentance and forgiveness, rightly seen, we've spent two weeks on those things, lead to this activity bound together of confession and absolution. I want you to consider this with me. We're going to start with confession. Confession. You know, the entire message of the Bible is, is this, really. You can summarize it as law and gospel, right? You can summarize this idea that we have been given the most beautiful set of how to have a relationship with God based on our actions, and it's, it's called the Ten Commandments, and all the associated things that come out of that. It's beautiful, and, it high, and it's high, and it condemns us. It condemns you. Have you ever been? I, I have one in my, it's, it came with the house we are in now. It has this like a makeup mirror. You ever come and look really close at the makeup mirror? I don't do it very often because I get to realize that my skin is so full of pock crumminess. I'm like, where's the stuff to cover it up? Right? The law's like that. It's called a mirror by James. The mirror, the perfect law of liberty. Why is it of liberty? Because it shows you you got no hope. you got to find hope somewhere else. You are free because it, it, there's no way I can look closely at my makeup mirror and try and convince myself I am one beautiful man. It is not true. <laughs> and the makeup mirror shows me. The law shows me. And so there I am, knowing the law, right? So this, it doesn't reveal my flawlessness, it reveals my, ugh, I don't even know. It humbles me. It breaks me. So confession is our response to the ongoing truth of the law in your life here on earth. And we know repentance is a change of path, right? I turn from life being about me and my merit to being about Jesus and his work for me. And so confession is speaking out, acknowledging, being truthful about, I still Sin. Right? Not just the, oh, this is the classic Christian way to say we sin. Well, you know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I don't mean that. We all do that with because it rolls off our tongue. I'm just a sinner like everybody. No, I mean the mirror stuff. I mean you're looking hard, right? Heart-wrenching, real reality of continued harm that I do to myself and other people. I'm agreeing with God that I stink in me. I don't have hope in me. So Dax, you're just talking at us. What do you know? Yeah, let's look at the Bible. So let's look at 1 John. This is the classic passage for this that you can see in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. So it says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, the message, that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. 
You and I have done this passage before. John is speaking to believers. This is the message. God is light and him is no darkness. I'm, I'm tempted to think John is saying God is sinless, which of course he is. He has no sin whatsoever. But he's not really meaning that here. God is light is a way of saying that God is exposing. He shines into dark places. He is totally truth. What he says is all clean and true. What's the truth? The gospel is the truth. Right? The message. There's hope in Christ alone, not in you. Nothing is hidden. All is exposed. God is light. There's no darkness in him. Whatever exposed is the, the wondrous salvation of Christ is there. And in your inability whatsoever shines out. So if we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. You see, not practicing the truth and lying is equated with, with walking in the darkness. If we say we have fellowship with God, but we're hiding, we're not walking according to the message, God declares you're wrong and you're sinful and you're evil. I'm not evil. Yes, you are. That's the message of the Bible. There's no one righteous. No, not one, Romans 3 says. Everybody's turned away. So God declares you're wrong and sinful and evil. And if you hide that away and say, oh, I have fellowship with God, what you're doing is making the basis of your fellowship with God your sinless behavior. That's what we do all the time, you know? I don't tell people. I hide behind a mask. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing good? How are you doing fine? I don't tell people about my struggles. Not very often. I don't tell people about my sin. We act like we don't. And when we do that, what are we doing? We're, that's the opposite of confession. That's saying, no, I'm hiding stuff away because that, that says, I think it's important that I not show the truth that's out there. It's important for me to, 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 to act like you know, the fake it till you make it. Where did that come from? First nowhere, one, one. It's not in the Bible, of course. That's us. We don't want to be seen as needy. But if we say we have fellowship in while we while we do that, we hide. We lie. So this is directly against the message of the gospel. You lie. The light we walk in, the truth we walk in is that God is light and we are not. That's the truth I walk in. God is light and I'm not. And, 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 and not with a little you know, study and discipline I'll be like him, but I will never be like him. Not without some, some direct action of God, which by the way he does in Christ, but in me, I'm talking about with some help, from little help from my friends. What's exposed is this wondrous salvation of Christ and my inability whatsoever, right? I am so full of shadows. So are you. I, I have no hope. The damage is done. The shadow is there. If purity is needed, I am impure. I can be partially pure. Yeah, like I can be partially pregnant. There's no such thing as partially pure. As soon as you take pure and add in a little bit of impure, what's it called? Impure. Okay, I'm not going down the piss and coffee route. So we're all to agree with God about the basis for our relationship with him. 
That's what it means to walk in the light. God has spoken the truth. The truth is there. It's Jesus Christ and his work alone. It is not my work and anything that I've done. And I'm supposed to walk in that light and not hide away like, oh no, I'm upstanding in goods. God, God is happy with me. Look at my good life. We looked at that last week in Luke 18. We won't look again, but, but let's keep going. Because if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Whew. Okay, just again, pointing out that walking in the light is, is what you do. And then, and then comes the cleansing of sin. The walking in the light isn't being sin-free. In fact, we're going to see, if you say that you don't sin right now, you're a liar. So somehow, walking in the light is not being sin-free. Walking in the light is agreeing with God about who you are and who he is, and, and, and it's repentance. Open. I got no hope in me. My hope is in the cross. Agreeing with God about the basis of our relationship with him, it's about Jesus. The second half of that's the good news, right? We walk in this truth, the, the light of his purity, not mine. Agreeing with him, Jesus cleanses us because that's where our hope is, is in the gift of forgiveness. His blood cleanses us from all sin. Can't hardly believe it. Don't really understand it. I just have to trust that it's true. It's great news. So walking in the light as he is in the light is a trust of what God says is true. Our fellowship is around the gospel, the common cleansing that we have together. What cleansing? The blood of Jesus. Our relationship isn't, isn't around sinlessness. Because we still sin. That's really clear. Let me listen. It's not clear. If we say we have no sin, that's present tense right now, Christian. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Present tense, now as a Christian, if you say you don't have any, you lie. There's no truth. You're walking in darkness. There's no fellowship with God. This is that important. But you see, we've made the turn, you and I. That's repentance. We've turned, right? Now we continue to see our hope in Christ and not in ourselves. So the action that we take, having done that, is called confession. That's acknowledging, speaking out our sin, because I know what? It's forgiven. I say I do have sin now. You say you do have sin now. Right this minute. Open acknowledgement of sin. Agreeing with God. It's not, oh no, I'm not perfect. And then going on and acting like you really are. And people over there are the dirty ones. Sorry. <laughs> kind of pointing at you. <laughs> clean. Dirty. Left hand. Very clean, because I'm left-handed. Right-handed people, dirty. <laughs> but we make up all these distinctions, right? We're always comparing. We're always trying to figure out and what we're... Uh, no, what are you doing? This open acknowledgement of sin, this confession that we continue to do is in agreeing with God about who we are, which is in ourselves we're sinners, but in Christ we're clean. And, and so this reality, this, this action of constantly realizing you have no hope in yourself... I'll tell you what, it starts to happen, though, when we really go down these lines. And if you dwell on, it can be in discouragement. 
It can be in agony, in tears, in hurt, in many ways. It's not a listing out of sins. I'm not saying what you do is you get up every morning and I confess my sins. And so what I do is I make a little list and I check them off as I confess them. Lord, trying to figure out, let's see, 10.58 last night, I had this impure thought. And then, and then really, boy, I wasn't very considerate of my wife. She was trying to go to bed, but I was reading a book and I wouldn't turn my light off. Just so, God, I did that. And so I'm going through and listing out all the bad things I've done. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about open acknowledgement, agreeing with God about my continued sin. The law continues to do its work in me, my flesh, which is that it condemns me. Do you know there's not a breath you take? Think this through with me. There's not a breath you take that's not in part against God because you do not perfectly align with everything that he thinks and is right now. You compare and you covet and you lie. There's arrogance and pride in your life. You think ill of other people. You think highly of yourself. I'm just talking about me. Right? So what sometimes we think is that we list things out in order so that we'll work on not doing them. You know, when I was, I said, oh boy, I'll work on not doing that. Boy, I'm saying this so I don't do it again. God, no, no, no. That's the Roman Catholic view of confession. So the Roman Catholic view of confession isn't this that we just looked at. It's basically acknowledging with God, Lord, I am a sinner. My only hope is Jesus. No, they have this whole idea that has three parts. First, and I'll say them in Latin because they, they talk in Latin a lot. Contritio cardis, which is a deep penitence of heart. And, and, and then you've got confessio oris, which is the confession of your mouth. And then, importantly, this third piece, satisfactio opera, that you make restitution and stop doing that bad thing. And that's confession for a Catholic. So when you go into the little, the little, I don't know, what is it called? The confessional, I guess, the little tiny box, and you talk to someone, and you tell them, and then they give you some stuff to do to make it right. That's not what I think the Bible says confession is. The Bible says confession is our ongoing agreement with God that we're sinners in specific ways. And so are you willing to speak that out? Are you going to keep on acting like you're not? This speaking out of it, this reality of it starts to come out as we, as we agree with God that we have no hope in you and I get specific. I don't want to do this. I, I often argue it's not necessary in my own heart. We just sort of vaguely agree we aren't perfect. We don't actually look in the mirror of the law. And so honestly, many of us aren't free. That's what James calls the law, right? The law of freedom, the law of liberty. So this idea that you're agreeing with God, this is confession. Confession becomes about living in truth. Sin that doesn't keep you from God, right? It doesn't need to be hidden away like it does. It doesn't. That, that's our community, right? And you say, that's fine, Dax. But you're such an idealist. You know it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? Well, I know the young man who stood up at a church meeting once and confessed his sexual immorality. No dad wanted his daughter around him anymore. If you stood up today and say you broke into somebody's home and stole money from the person next door, you keyed somebody's car because they were a jerk. 
You pass by somebody in need, just ignore them and look the other way. You sit up today and confess you've cheated on your taxes for the last 20 years. You stand up and confess you've been unkind to your spouse. You don't want to listen to him or be around him. You stand up and say your kids just make you angry. They're so entitled. I, I don't, I, whatever you might say, that's true. You don't think you're going to get a good response. People are going to think less of you. you have those things right you do things that aren't right right and you just kind of ignore them or quietly ask God to forgive you you should be able to say something something specific probably a lot specific I can those weren't mine the list I just gave you but I I could speak of laziness and indulgence and pride and self and not, not to gross you out not to put it on my sleeve but but this process this confession is for a purpose to do what why why do we confess it's in order to receive forgiveness because the story I tell myself about all these things that I hide in my heart, and I kind of tell God about them, but, but I don't live as if the, the truth is I'm forgiven, then the reality is I, I'm acting like I'm not forgiven, and I'm saying that to other people by how I live. We're doing this all the time. And, and this is the, the, our society and our culture, we do this all the time. You act, you act, you act, and it's not true. The truth is you're free. Confession is tied really so closely to something else that they can't be even separated. Confession and absolution. In fact, it's called holy absolution for the church for many, many centuries. Holy absolution. Because it it includes confession. Confession and absolution are tied. We've got to be doing this kind of stuff. You've got to be free to say, you know what, I'm a sinner and this is how it is. And, and then the person you're close to, the person that you're actually speaking to, not, not some priest, you don't need to go to me. Let's, well, let me show you. Let me show you about absolution. So there's the next verse in 1 John 1. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news, right? That's not saying get saved. He's not saying, oh, it's saved. He's saying, hey, hey, you live in this this realm of confession and what you receive is the reality of forgiveness. It is so, so amazing, forgiven and cleansed. Don't miss the if at the beginning, right? Right? If we confess our sins, that's what we're doing. We're being clear. We're speaking it out. It's, it's not for comparing who's the worst. It's not to work on getting better. Confession is particularly not there to improve. It's to receive forgiveness. This is what we need to break, is this idea that the reason I confess is so I promise I'll never do it again. The reason I confess is to work on it and for you to help me work on it. The reason I confess is to kind of bring to light so you can give me 12 steps to not ever do it again. No. The reason I confess is to hear what? Forgiveness. 
We confess and hear that we're forgiven and cleansed, not by reform, not by doing, not doing it anymore, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. He is faithful, and by his faith, his work, his action, by justice, he is just, his justice. Why? Because he paid for your sin. That's the life that I live in Christ. And the confession of those sins are said because you're receiving forgiveness and cleansing. You're not trying not to do them anymore. You're confessing. That's saying they're bad. I know they're bad. I don't, I don't, oh, the law is perfect and good and I don't match up and I ought to. I wish I did. I can't. I haven't. I'm forgiven. I'm clean. This is the gospel. And just like it's really hard for us to confess because we fear the judgment of man, so it is really hard to receive absolution based on Christ because it is hard to believe that my laziness is entirely forgiven and I'm clean. Because I'm still lazy. Right? Right? No, I confess that I am. I agree I'm condemned. And I trust that Jesus paid for me and I I, I stop. It's not that I work at now not being lazy anymore. I already know it's bad. I'm already working at not being lazy. The problem is I am. So confession and absolution, there's a certain lightness and freedom in my life because all is forgiven, all is cleansed. I am set and loved and treasured. How do I know? Because it's the gospel Right? If Jesus is to be believed, and he is, confession, absolution. This is between you and the Lord, right? This is what I receive. I confess. I agree with God. I don't have to do it with anybody else. I can just confess it, and, 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 and I receive from Jesus because he's the one that forgives sins, not me, that, that, not who you're talking to, and not other people, that this reality I'm walking in is total, amazing forgiveness, What's the problem? There's no problem with that, what I just said. It's absolutely true. But I'll tell you what the problem becomes. Is then I plop you into a group of church people. And confession stops. You don't talk about sin and forgiveness. Why not? I don't know. We're sinners. We need forgiveness for that. We're not walking in what the truth actually is. It takes boldness for you to actually step and say, I've sinned and I've sinned in this area with a close person that you know, with a friend, with anybody. And, and, and when that happens, what's supposed to happen is that you get reminded in your ear, spoken to you, that you are forgiven and cleansed. In Christ, because he did it for you. It's a word of promise. It's not the person who speaks to you is, is actually forgiving you like somehow they're God. They're not God, but they are reminding you on word of promise that is so strong they can speak it with force to say, you know you're forgiven. And that's what you need to hear. And it's so wrong because what, what we really want to hear sometimes is, and here's a way out. 
What we really want to hear is here's how you don't do it anymore. This is how you become a stronger you. This is how you become a better. No, 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 that's not the point. The point is you need to hear forgiveness. And this is the basis for our community is that we, we, we confess with God that we're not who we ought to be. We hear absolution, the forgiveness and wonder in Christ. And we aren't taking Jesus' spot. We're reminding each other because you know what? We forget all the time. We go back to the world. This is a huge part of the Christian life, practically affirming this right here, being brave to confess and speaking absolution to other believers. You say, well, you know what? They shouldn't, they shouldn't need that because they're forgiven already. Well, of course they shouldn't need it, but they do. That's the thing. Because we don't believe very well. We don't believe it. The reasons we're so weak, we're so timid, we're so unfree. We don't believe forgiveness has happened unless we change and transform out of the sin. And that's anti-Bible. So fight it. Tell somebody they're forgiven. Why? Because Jesus died for them. He died for that sin. He, well, Jesus, you know, it's okay you're not perfect because Jesus died for you. That's fine. But that's not personal in any way. You cheated on your spouse? You realize it's wrong? Yeah, it breaks my heart, but I don't. You realize you're forgiven. Totally clean in Christ. That's called giving absolution. That's called telling someone that the promise is true. That's reminding them where their, where their hope is at. So this the highest, hugest step you can take in someone's life is to speak absolution, speak forgiveness. Not from you. You're not the one who's paid, but you may be in a place by the Holy Spirit that you can speak the truth. And I am... I'm so lazy, I can't seem to get up, I have no energy, I've been let down so many people over and over. Hey, brother, you're forgiven. Jesus died for that. You're totally clean in Christ. That's what you speak, right? That's the absolution. Reminding and speaking and declaring what God has declared to be true. Not well, not. This is not it. It's not well if you really repent well and you turn well and you don't do it anymore. Then we'll check on that bad behavior next month and we'll see if you've made progress. And then we'll declare some hope for you. Because that's saying to someone, you know, your forgiveness is based on you. Break that. That's not true. We believe the Bible. It says our whole hope is in Jesus for me. So confession, be bold to speak of sin, agreeing with the law that you're condemned, and absolution, bold to speak of forgiveness, agreeing with the gospel that it's true in Christ. So that's why we gather together, you know. One of the main reasons we, I, I believe the Lord has us in each other's life is that we start to gather around these truths, really big ones. To exhort that the gospel's the truth. We need to hear it, every one of us. I think it is one of the critical actions that we take together. It's not a work. It's an affirmation of truth. We receive it together. And like James says, sometimes we're weak. Sometimes that's translated sick, but I think you just say weak there in James 5. It says we confess our sins, our weakness, and we're healed. Healed of what? Unbelief that we can receive what? Forgiveness. Okay, I want to end with two questions, really. <laughs> One is, you know, so, so we're supposed to just walk around, sort of go around telling anyone they're forgiven? 
So what about someone who comes in and starts taking my belongings and you say, why are you stealing from me? And, and they say, well, because I want to. Are you supposed to say, well, you're forgiven and cleansed in Jesus? No, what are they not doing? There's no confession. Right? Confession is agreeing with God that what I'm doing is wrong. Confession and absolution go hand in hand. Confession is agreeing with God that you have no hope in you. It, it cracks with, forget, with uh, repentance in that way, right? So if I'm actually going to live this way, I'm going to apply absolution because someone is walking in the light. They're agreeing with God that their behavior is bad. Well, they haven't changed yet. That's not the issue. The issue is... Do they think they're forgiven for something they think is wrong? Right? So, so, so we're not to do it when it's not confession. That's not me saying that. That's Jesus. So look at this just real quickly. It's called the office of the keys by some parts of the Christian church. As Jesus says to his disciples, peace with you. When he came back, you know, risen from the dead and he meets with the disciples and he's sending them out. I mean, closest thing to us that there is are these guys here. So he says, peace be with you. The father has sent me. I'm sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that's kind of cool. I like that. You realize our lives are the same. We've received the Holy Spirit. Not a statement to pastors. Jesus speaking to his followers, those who are breathed upon, those who have the Spirit, and the Spirit indwells you and me. The Spirit, you know, the one who teaches us and comforts us with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the message is what again? Forgiveness of sin in his name. And him alone, cleansing in his blood. Oh, the gospel. Not in acts of penance, not in reform. And so we forgive in the name of Christ. And then he says, hey, if you forgive the sins of any, listen to this, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it's withheld. Whoa. He's saying, though, saying, you know what? You forgive in the name of Christ. You forgive the people who are confessing. You forgive people who actually are agreeing with God. You don't just go around willy-nilly saying forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. As you rebel. So that's, that's what that means, right? If someone says, I steal from people every chance I get. You need more law. You don't need forgiveness. You need a baseball bat. You realize that's wrong. No, I want to. Okay. There's consequences for that stuff. But someone says, I know it's wrong. Oh, here I am. I'm struggling. I, I, I know it's wrong. It's, I, I keep doing what I... You know there's good news. The good news is Christ for you. You know that he forgave you. All of your sin forever. This is how it works. It's not just a new thing to do, right? You're not absolved because you said it. You're forgiven because it's true in Christ. He forgives sin and he uses us. This is us doing kingdom work. If you want to do kingdom work, this is what it is. You tell people about Jesus' forgiveness. The wonder of it, not based on their merit at all. Jesus came and paid for all of our sin, his blood for us. Repentance, the opening eyes of moving from our own goodness and advancing ourselves at all, turning from that to trust in his goodness for us. Confession and receiving forgiveness is speaking this to one another. Okay, second objection that I wanted to just hit. All this talk, you know, Dax, you spent this whole time today talking about sinfulness, of hearing forgiveness. 
isn't there some place for encouraging sinless behavior? Like all this stuff about forgiveness and confession and absolution, can't we reward people for being good? You know, praising what is good is wonderful. You should do it. Training up our kids, encouraging them when they do an act of kindness. We can give examples of law keeping. We can affirm them. That just isn't their identity, right? The reality is we all sin. I don't know. I, I, I help out at a Christian school. They have student of the month. And they pull up some young kid and they give him a piece of paper that says, Oh, look how great and good you are. And here's your piece of paper that says you're a good kid. You know the irony? My kid tells me at home about all the things they do behind the teacher's back. Totally duped. It's like, that's the kid, the brown-nosed kid who's doing this and this and this. And then they're, they're like denigrating the teacher over here and doing this over there and they're doing this. Why? Because they're a sinner like everybody. Our problem is not the idea that you can't laud good behavior because, of course, the law is beautiful. You can sing its praises all day. The law of the Lord is my delight. I delight in the law of the Lord. It is beautiful and good. What's the problem? Me. I am the problem. You are the problem. You don't do it well. Even when you kind of act like you do, there's parts of you that aren't. So that's the problem, right? Is, is God gives grace to the humble. Forgiveness is for those who confess. I'm not who I should. I'm, I'm a great warrior for God. Well, good thing you're forgiven. No, you're saying you don't need it. That's what you're saying. You're, you, that's the problem, right? It, it's, it's the Olympic athlete problem. It's the, the person who gets up and great, wonderful, fantastic person. I, I know their parents and one uh, Christian got up and they're like, oh, I just, I, I won the gold medal again. I, all my hard work, all my effort paid off. And you know what? I give all the glory to God. But, but that's not, that's not what you're doing. I mean, that's a good sentiment. But if it was about your hard work and God helping you, then it's about the glory of God and you. Right? There's the coffee and here's some whatever. That, that, that's it. I mean, the irony is, right, human achievement is amazing and cool. Just, just don't call it God's glory. God's glory is, makes you flat on your face. <laughs> It's more, it's one, and so the, the way the law works and the way that we go, it's fine and okay and not wrong and good to call good things good and call evil things evil and, and to make sure you're, but realize you don't see very well, especially not yourself. And so the more you see the truth, that's you walking with God. Confession's not a tool for improvement, but part of absolution of declaring people clean. The encouragement is, the encouragement, really the encouragement people need to hear and know deep in their heart, God adores you. God adores you in Christ. Look what he did for you, child. Look how he loves you. He declares you clean. The loser is the winner. The worst is fully embraced. The captive is set free. The blind is made to see. The leper is clean. And not that the freshly scrubbed and perfumed person is clean. The gunky person is clean. And praise God because that's me. 
So welcome to the Christian life, a life of transparency and freedom and unity because we walk in what Jesus Christ has done for us all. That's our repentance. He's done it. It is finished. And then we help each other, we do, to be bold and agree with God about our failing and to speak to each other the promise, the truth in Christ, that we are forgiven. You need to hear it. So does your neighbor. Would you be a person who does that? Help people hear. Confess and give absolution. We're all priests in that sense, aren't we? Because we all have the Holy Spirit. This is the work of God. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for um, what you've done for us. It is so hard for me to really trust that all of my failings are forgiven forever. And Lord, I know for all of us, the sins that we continue to do and the things we hide away and the things we're ashamed of, Lord, let, let them find their death in the promise that you have forgiven us. Lord, help us to be bold, to live in that truth, to extend it to others, to be a radical community around the gospel. Father, I pray that the law would continue to do its work in us, that our eyes might be open to the depth of our sin. We might continue to turn daily to the wonder that you've forgiven us. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.